Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go back to the book of Luke today, chapter number 10. We started on the last podcast talking about compassion. And the Bible says this in Luke 10, verse 33, and I'll not read the whole passage for sake of time. I try to keep everything under 15 minutes on the podcast. But you go back and read this passage about the Good Samaritan, and it'll help you to understand and all what we're talking about. The Bible says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. I told you in the last podcast the greatest need the greatest need in this hour is in the church, in the family, in the world, is compassion. There's not much of it. There's not much of it. I'm amazed at the Lord Jesus here, how he handles these lawyers and how he used this parable to convict them. And uh, this fella comes up to him and says, <clears throat> who is my neighbor? And uh, he had facts, but he didn't have faith. And Jesus told this story of the Good Samaritan. Going down, going down, going down. Uh, 2,700 feet above sea level, the city of Jerusalem sits. Down to Jericho, which is 1,300 feet below sea level, 4,000 feet, this man descended. And he went from the holy place to the heathen place. When he turned his back on the holy place, his, his face turned toward the heathen place. And when you turn away from holy things, you will, you will uh, head downward to the heathen place. And we talked about the three types of people in the world. If you've not listened in the last podcast, go back and listen to the last one, 312 and uh, then come back and finish this. But we started talking about compassion. Boy, how we need it. And I want to give you three truths about compassion in this verse. First of all, I find genuine compassion. Because when Jesus said this Samaritan had compassion on him, he, this is not just being what you'd call sentimental. Uh, Jesus used the strongest word for compassion that you can find in the Bible. And it means he was moved from the depth of his being. Come means with, passion meaning suffering. So to be moved with compassion means that you literally suffer what somebody else is suffering, with suffering. See, the Levite, the priest, they just passed on. But the Samaritan had passion. And... We need to be careful. I have to be careful. Sometimes I get so surrounded by people that if I'm not uh, careful, my heart can get tough. I lose my tenderness uh, at the time of this recording. I, uh, if I told you how many burdens today that I, before I started recording today, that I helped bear the phone calls, the visits that I helped today, uh, it blow your mind. Any pastor knows what I'm talking about. Uh, you bear others' burdens all the time, even when you have your own. 
even when you have your own burden, it's like your burden gets pushed to the side until you can deal with that with you and God alone. Because right now, I've got to deal with this. And the Bible said in verse 33, this man was tender. This Samaritan was tender. The Bible said he went to where the man was. See, we can't just sit in our stained glass country club and wonder why they don't come to us. There's not one shred of, one shred of scripture in the Bible that says, uh, tells the lost man to go to the church. But you do find many where it says the church to go to the lost, tells the church to go to the lost. I'm going to ask you this. <clears throat> if you're listening and you're saved and you're a member of a church, let me ask you this. And, and you're trying to do right and you're trying to serve the Lord. Let me ask you, do you ever find it difficult to get to church yourself? Of course you do. Your body's tired. Your flesh desires to miss. You've worked your job. You've put up with the world. If you've got children, you know the difficulty of getting them ready for church and the difficulty of keeping them during church. Why is it harder to get to church on Sunday morning than it is to get the kids ready for Monday morning school? <laughs> I know why. Because the devil doesn't want you to be at church on Sunday morning. Everything will happen on Sunday morning. I, that's why I go to the church early every Sunday morning. I go, one, because I like studying uh, on Sunday morning. I like praying on Sunday morning. I like gearing up on Sunday morning, getting my Bible out and just reading it, relaxing there around the Word of God, uh, getting my getting my body fresh to preach. I love that. I'll get to the church every Sunday morning by 7 o'clock. But another reason is it doesn't give place to the devil, you know, for something to go wrong at the house, for uh, a crossword to be said, oh, preacher, you and Miss Rebecca, you'd never, y'all never have crosswords. We're, we're human. And so on Sunday mornings, I go to the church and I'm ready. I like getting there early. I like getting to church early. It gets me ready. Why is it harder to go to church on Sunday than it is to get the kids ready on Monday? And the reason is because the devil doesn't want you to do that. Now watch this. By the time you leave the house, looks like a tornado's hit. People are grouchy. How many times has there been an argument on the way to church? But you want to be there. You want to come to church. Now, what about those that don't even want to come? It's a miracle any sinner ever shows up to church. And we ought to be grateful when they do. And there's no scripture that tells the lost to go to the church, but there are plenty of scriptures where it tells the church to go to the lost. And the Bible said this man had a genuine compassion. He went to where the man was. We ought not be amazed that sinners don't come to church. We ought to amaze, be amazed that saved people don't go get sinners. A genuine compassion. Then notice this in verse 34. I see a gracious compassion. Because verse 34 says, And went to him. And bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Isn't that good? Took care of him. He saw him. He went to him. The Levite saw him and passed on. The priest saw him and passed on. So you got pass on, pass on, pass on. The only difference between pass on and passion is the letter I. He went to where the man was and met him as he was. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to you where you were? It, it's, it's about the individual. You've got to involve yourself. You've got to put I in it. 
You've got to let go of yourself and put I in there, or you'll pass on, or there'll be passion. Jesus came to where we were. Jesus came to where I was, where you was. I wasn't seeking him any more than this wounded man was seeking the Good Samaritan, but grace comes where you are. I mean, do we really care? I'm talking about compassion. Well, a lot of times we see people in a shape, but we do nothing about it. We don't say a word to them. We don't pray for them. We don't try to help them in their situation. I read this, and I thought it was pretty good. Your influence depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with those that strive, tolerant with those that are weak. Because someday in your life you will have been all of these. I'm going to read that again. Your influence depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with those that strive, and tolerant of the weak. Because someday in your life you will have been all of these. Gracious compassion. And then the third thing I see is in verse 34, a generous compassion. And a lot of times we... We see the need, but we don't meet the need. A genuine compassion, a gracious compassion, a generous compassion. The Bible said he went to him, bound up his wounds, poured in oil, poured in wine, set him on his own beast, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. See, compassion will cleanse. The Bible said that he poured wine in there. That represents the blood of Christ. It's used as an antiseptic. Compassion will cleanse. Who have you cleansed? Who have you helped today? And then compassion will comfort because he poured in oil. Oil soothes. Oil in the Bible is a type of the Holy Spirit. Genuine compassion brings the blood and the Spirit. And the blood cleanses and the Spirit comforts. Compassion will cleanse. Compassion will comfort. Compassion will cover. The Bible said he bound him up. And he took bandages and wrapped that man up. This broken man was bound by the tender hands of the Good Samaritan. I love this. It'll not only cleanse and comfort and cover, but it'll carry. Compassion will carry you. He picked him up, put him on his own beast, his donkey, carried him where he needed to go. Compassion cares. He brought him to the end and said, take care of him. And here are the resources. And if that's not enough, when I come back, I'll repay you. Just take care of him. And then Jesus said these words, go and do likewise. You want to know who your neighbor is? Your neighbor is somebody that's in need. No matter who they are, no matter where they are, no matter what cost, we, like Jesus, work to meet their need. And it's easy enough to argue and criticize and condemn, and but redemption costs you something. The only reason we're saved is because it costs the Lord something. And it costs the Lord his comfort because he left the glory world to come take upon flesh you can argue with your brain but it takes a heart if you're going to comfort i mean your brain you can see the need with your brain but if you don't have the heart you'll never do what needs to be done compassion cares it's what we need in this hour it's what we need in this moment in time people are are hurting and nobody cares oh they got themselves in that mess if they hadn't made some wrong choices, then everything would be better. They did that to themselves. That's not compassion. There's a story out of uh, World War II. It took place in a Polish, vi uh, Polish village. 
the Nazis had decided they needed to eradicate the Jews in that village. And they took, uh, they took them outside of the city and they began to dig a shallow grave and they made, them, they made the Jews dig the shallow grave. And then they lined them up, husbands, wives, children, all of them lined up in line. And they took a machine gun and cut them down. And as they began to fall into that grave, a little boy was standing there with his parents. And for whatever reason, he didn't get hit by a bullet. But when everybody else fell, that little boy fell too, pretending he had been shot. And they buried him. But the soul being loose when they left... He, he, the soul was loose and it was shallow, so he was able to get enough breath under there that he was able to survive. And when they left, he come out of that grave covered with blood from his mother's father, caked with dirt. And he took off till he didn't hear any of the soldiers. He took off and, 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 and ran to the first door that he found. And a, when he knocked on the door, a woman came out, recognized him as a Jewish boy, and, and she, she knew she was going to be in danger. She said, go away and shut the door. The little boy went to another house and knocked on the door. Same thing happened. Go away. I can't help you. I'm sorry, but I can't help you. Go away. Third house knocked on it. Same thing. Uh, and then he knocked on this door, and the lady came to the door and started to say something. He said, wait a minute. Don't you know who I am? I'm the Jesus you say you worship. And she took him in. Son, I read that, and now I thought, man, how true is that? Because our Savior, our Lord, our Master said these words, For I was hungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, a thirst, a stranger, naked, sick, in prison, and didn't minister? And he said, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did not did it not to the least to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Compassion will save mo- many more sinners than condemnation. Do we need condemnation? Absolutely. Do we need preaching on sin? Do we need preaching on judgment? Absolutely. But compassion will save more sinners than condemnation. I want every sinner to know Jesus cares. I care. Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church cares. No matter how low you are today, no matter what disposition You've had, you may be low in your thoughts, low in your words, low in your actions. You may be selfish. Your heart may be overflowing with corruption and wickedness. Jesus loves you. Jesus has compassion. He'll speak comforting words. He'll treat you warmly, not coldly. He'll receive you, not spurn you. He'll speak tender words and words of love and affection and kindness. He cares. Do we care? Child of God, do we care? Compassion. Today, you've got the opportunity to care. Today, you've got the opportunity to care. Most people only care for themselves. But you've got the opportunity to care for those around you, your neighbors. Who is my neighbor? Someone that has a need that I could meet. And it may not be monetary. It may not be food. It may not be gifts. It might just be a smile. It might just be a kind word. It might just be a prayer when they're going through something, a handshake, a, hey, I'm with you. I'm your friend. Compassion. Today, you've got that opportunity to care. Do you care? 
You can be salt and light in this dirty and dark world. If you're listening in the evening, you can plan on purpose. I'm going to get up tomorrow, pray, read my Bible, get filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to go make a difference in the world. Until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.